It's time once again for another episode of Georgia Business Radio. Broadcasting live from the Pro Business Channel studios in Atlanta. And now here's your host, Rich Casanova. All right, we are locked and loaded for another exciting episode of Georgia Business Radio. Rich Casanova alongside Artie. Artie Ruderman is in the house as another co-host. And also, joining us, also joining us is Michael Moore. Uh, all right, so they all brought their own sound effects. Yeah, well done, gentlemen. And uh, we have three uh, gentlemen here in the studio as well joining us as guests. And so um, let's introduce um, each of our three guests just real briefly. Would you just kind of let us know um, your secret sauce, what kind of makes you unique, or what you might be chatting about today? Maybe, maybe what, uh, what, give us a little teaser what you might be chatting about. So, um, so uh, Sean, if you'll start off and just let us know what you might be uh, uh, sharing with today. With us today. Good morning. Um, my name is Sean Mahoney, and I am the co-founder of Fit to Win Wellness. It is a virtual uh, corporate wellness software. It's a SaaS model, um, and uh, I'm here. I'm going to give a little bit of background about my story, how I got into it, and what our vision is. And it is a great story. I went to your website. It's pretty impressive. Whatever. Yeah. Uh, so, Floyd, if you take a second as well, and just tell us what you might be talking about today. Well, I am Floyd Bryant, the uh, president of Alternative Capital, and as you hear, alternative capital is an alternative sources of funding for businesses. We are, we're basically investors that also partner with other investors, and we do a lot of syndicated loans and so forth. I'm going to talk about some of the areas that businesses are lacking and where we may be able to be a good fit. All right, so syndicated loans, but not through the syndicate. Small S, yeah. Uh, so, Artie, if you want to introduce our first guest and get things underway. Well, absolutely. Uh, thank you. Uh, Dr. Ishmael Fernandez, who is president of Greengate Consulting, and Greengate Consulting is involved in EB5 event happening, which we're interested in, you'll tell us about. But your business and what you do is you evaluate companies, uh, particularly uh, internationally. That's correct. Wonderful. Um, thank you very much, and glad to be here. This is Ismael Fernandez, the uh, founder of Greengate Consulting. We've been uh, in business for a few years. What we do essentially, as you said, is we help out foreign investors to come to the U.S. and start their own business, uh, whether it's in Atlanta or anywhere else uh, in the U.S. Uh, and we also uh, help uh, domestic developers to leverage uh, funds from international investors that are looking into come to the U.S. Uh, and obtain some migration benefits. We'll be talking about all that and the event that we have tomorrow. Well, we are going to be talking about that because we're on together right now. So tell us a little bit about how you got involved in this industry. Oh, it's a long journey. Actually, uh, <laughs> uh, my, my doctorate is in aerospace engineering from Georgia Tech, so you can imagine it has nothing to do with uh, business immigration at all. <laughs> this is going to be a long story. It is going to be a long story. <laughs> of course, why would you want to practice aerospace engineering? I mean, right. hey, five, six, seven So we have a rocket scientist in the studio then? Yeah, yeah. Finally. You do, actually. Um, <laughs> And, and it's actually ironic because part of the reasons that I had to keep moving away from aerospace was because of the issues with immigration in the U.S. Uh, I'm originally from Spain, from Madrid. I came to the U.S. in 1997 uh, to become an engineer. Uh, I did a bachelor's degree in aerospace engineering in, in Embry-Riddle, Florida. And then I moved to Atlanta for Georgia Tech where I did a master's in aerospace, uh, an MBA, and a Ph.D. in aerospace. 
Um, part of the reasons why I needed to stay in school is because I did have no, no migration benefits to start working anywhere. And my field was aerospace. <laughs> so I kind of had to um, uh, keep my way uh, in school to stay here longer and longer. Uh, and my, uh, my options were quite limited. So it was either working for another engineering company that had nothing to do with aerospace because I could not be vetted since I was not a U.S. citizen uh, or, or go back home. And I really wanted to, to stay here uh, in the technical field. So long story short, I ended up working for General Electric here in Marietta for a few years. Um, and that's where I met uh, a good friend of mine uh, who introduced me to the immigration field and uh, in the business consulting. Shortly after I, uh, and, uh, I started working in that company, I realized that big companies were not for me. And, and I come from a family of entrepreneurs in Spain. So mm. uh, my idea was to start my own business at some point. And I realized that uh, consulting is what I wanted to do, but I, I needed to find a niche. And I found that niche uh, six or seven years ago now. And, Good for uh, you. Yeah, and that's where we are. So we're helping a lot of uh, foreign investors to come uh, to fulfill their American dream uh, via investments. Uh, they're creating jobs, and, and we're going to talk a lot more about uh, how can we help them out and how can we help U.S. businesses to leverage on that. You know, let's talk about the international community here sure. in Atlanta or in Georgia. Um, I just recently discovered how large the community is, the business community here in Atlanta. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Uh, absolutely. We have a, a great community in Atlanta. As you know, the Atlanta uh, economy is booming. Uh, we have a, a lot of growth uh, economically and people moving from all over the, uh, the U.S. into Atlanta, but from all over the world. Um, part of the reasons I moved to Atlanta versus uh, any other city when I moved here was because of the airport. I wanted to have a nonstop flight from here to uh, pretty much anywhere in the world, <laughs> yeah. and we have that. Pretty mm-hmm. much. And, yeah. and so that's a big asset. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And, and that's a big asset. I mean, Delta Airlines just opened up a flight uh, nonstop to Shanghai. <laughs> so that wow. was pretty impressive. Uh, so because of that, we are seeing uh, the Chinese community is, is increasing. We have uh, a lot of people from Korea, a lot of people from Vietnam, uh, yet a lot of Europeans. The French population in, in Atlanta uh, is uh, over 5,000 people, I believe, uh, or more. Uh, over 1,500 Spaniards, as far as, as, far as I know, <laughs> just one of them. Uh, but then the Latin American community is, is also increasingly. They, there's a lot of uh, increasing population of Brazilians coming over from Miami and Orlando because uh, that I- those areas are becoming a little bit saturated. saturated. The weather in Atlanta is still mild, uh, and not like New York or Chicago. So I think Atlanta uh, is becoming a hub spot for uh, a lot of these investors who want to move in into and settle in a nice city uh, where the cost of living is not as high as uh, some of the most popular places like Miami, New York, or, or L.A. Yeah, you're, you're absolutely right. Just last night I attended a World Trade Council uh, forum on uh, Chinese technology, and it was really very, very interesting, and I learned a, a lot about what is going on in China tech, technologically speaking. Mm-hmm. Um, for instance, when you go to a mall, um, there's no clothes. There's a showroom, and you literally say, I'll buy that, and then it's sent to your home. Right. <laughs> so there's a lot of creative creativity going on that we're not aware of. We always think it's just copycat, but they're more advanced, and I learned that just yesterday. Mm-hmm. The European market is, is very interesting. About two weeks ago, we attended a multi a chamber uh, mixer, if you will, and that was enlightening too. There, there were over 150 individuals that showed up for this mixer from five different nations. Mm-hmm. So there is a very vibrant community here. Now, you do evaluation for them. 
uh, correct? And you would like to tie in with companies that would like to either import or companies that want to export from Spain or anywhere, I imagine. Are you just for Spain, Europe? Anywhere, actually. Uh, it's interesting because we work with different types of visas depending on the level of investment and the level of uh, benefits that you get as an immigrant, as an investor immigrant coming into the U.S. So it really depends on where you are from that we can help you more or less. Uh, but, for instance, you mentioned China, which is the biggest market for immigration right now. An EB-5 program, which is the only one that allows you to uh, get the green card if you create 10 U.S. jobs after two and a half years, uh, 82% of that market is coming from China right now. Wow. Um, yeah, and, but wow. there are some other issues that we can talk about, uh, like the retrogression. I mean, there's so much demand coming from China that there is a wait line of 10 years for, chi for a Chinese Jeez. investor to actually get the green card, the temporary one. Mm -hmm. uh, so uh, if you're coming from Spain or any other place in the world, you don't have that problem because the, the demand for that country is not as high as in China. Uh, but yes, that's, uh, that's some of the things that we do. But if you're coming from other country where there is a treaty, uh, we have other options like the E2 visa, uh, which allows you to invest a much smaller amount and create some jobs, fewer jobs, and it gives you an entrepreneur visa, but it doesn't give you the green card per se or the, the potential U.S. passport. Well, so take, take me through the process, if you will. I'm, I'm a company here, and I've been doing very well in the Georgia area. And, right. And I, I want to start exporting my product. Mm -hmm. So uh, how would I go about that? Why would I bring your company in? Of course. And the way we would help you out is, is not really to help you export your product, but the way we help you out is, let's say you want to add one more line or your manufacturing, uh, or you want to expand your business in any way, so you need some capital. Uh, your options might be limited with banks or with alternative financing, and you want to look into capital from overseas investors. So as long as you create jobs, uh, we are an option for you. Uh, the way we would approach this is we would come in, take a look at your business, see where you're going with it, see how many jobs you're going to create, uh, where is your business located to make sure that it qualifies for the program and the unemployment surrounding your business. I'm going to interrupt because I want you to talk about the event that's happening. And, and of course. you and I are just about out of time on our segment. Not a problem. Yes, so the event that's happening tomorrow, uh, it will be at the World Trade Center, Atlanta, uh, here in Paquette. And we're going to talk about specifically this that I was answering. Uh, if you are a business, how do you leverage on this program to expand your business, uh, to, uh, to collect investors from overseas, uh, and how to market your project overseas so you can actually build your hotel or increase your manufacturing line, your capacity. So it will be tomorrow at 4 p.m. at the World Trade Center. And if you want to uh, join us and register, you can go to the WTC-Atlanta.org. Uh, and through the middle of that page, you will see a link on events, and it will be listed there. You can register for it, and we'll be there. Very good. And just yes. in closing, how would the listeners get a hold of you? Uh, they can actually reach me out at ismail.fernandez at greengateplanch.com. Thank you, Dr. Fernandez. Not a problem. My pleasure. All right. Well, we enjoyed that interview. You're listening to George's Business Radio. Um, I'm a quarter of Spanish, also my grandmother from Madrid, but I was at the Barcelona Olympics as well. Yeah, so we'll, Very good. we'll talk, talk about that afterwards. Yeah, guys, you guys are practically cousins. Casanova, yeah. I'm a, only a quarter of Spanish, yeah. I just bought my Rosetta Stone for Spanish, but I haven't uh, <laughs> 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 broken it in. Yeah, I haven't broken it in. Yeah, yeah. So, Michael, if you want to do the honors, introduce our next guest. Yeah. Uh, boy, it's, it's an honor to be here with people who are, you mentioned alternative financing is a great idea. We brought on a guest this morning, uh, 
Uh, Floyd is uh, certainly one of those folks in the city who's made a dynamic difference in helping businesses get funded. So uh, (coughs) give us kind of a rundown, Floyd, of how in the world you got in this business and and what you're doing special. And I want you to share that pen on your uh, your lapel there as you get away, too. Okay. Well, uh, my background, I graduated from Howard University up in Washington, D.C., and my background was finance. And uh, I, I work with a a brokerage firm in my younger days called McLaughlin, Piven, and Vogel on uh, 30 Wall Street. And I also wound up working with Payne Webber. My specialty in that during that time was AAA-rated tax-free municipal bond with our conservative income and safety. Uh, <laughs> that, that doesn't exist anymore, does it? <laughs> well, it, it, yes, it does, and it does have a direct correlation with stocks and whatnot. Obviously, when stocks goes up, it goes down, but uh, you don't get into that type of business for the speculative investments right. and so forth. You're looking for conservative income or safety. So having a background in finance and having my Series 7 and and during that time was 63 versus 66 today, a lot of my colleagues and, and family members and so forth would come to me when they decided if they wanted to make an investment and what have you. Uh, and so as I got older and was became very financially successful in other endeavors, I decided to get into the market of, of trying to help a lot of the business owners that I knew. Uh, initially, primarily a lot of minority business owners that they, they may have been a good chef, but they didn't know how to manage their restaurant <laughs> That's right. and so mm-hmm. forth. So, very, very few so, entrepreneurs go out yeah. of business because they can't do their job. They said right. you can't manage the rest of the business. Well, that, that was one of the challenges. And, but the biggest challenge was that, you know, they may have been a client with Wells Fargo, for example, for 30 years. But then and they've been in business six months. They go to Wells Fargo and say, look, I need uh, some more funding because I, otherwise I'm going out of business. Well, in retrospect, Wells Fargo will say, if you're in business less than two years, you're a startup. Now, that particular client, he's he been putting his personal revenue in That's there right. and all. And to himself, he, he don't consider himself a client. Or if you've been in business more than two years, you might go up to the bank and say, Mr. Banker, I need $300,000. Mr. Banker said, say, how's the wife? How's the kids? Great. Well, got some good news and bad news. Good news, I'm glad to hear that your family's doing well, but the bad news is if you had 400000 We'll loan you three hundred thousand, <laughs> <laughs> and then you, you know, typically you would say, "Hey, if I had four hundred thousand, I wouldn't be here. I wouldn't be looking for it." Yeah. So, how do? You, and one of the things I guess we all are about is, is as you said, or as we both know that people don't normally not do business because they don't know how to do the business. It's just they don't they don't know how to do the financial side of the business, and they don't prepare the proper foundation. To uh, to gather the data, gather the stocks, stock the the, the, uh, the standard answers to those questions the banker's going to answer, because we all aren't into this business plan and financials that go back five years. Of course, if you've only been in business a year, you don't have them. What are some of the things you do to see? Because I know you you mentioned you t- kind of tune up people. You have to tune them up a little bit before you can even help them out. So yeah, they've got to well, go back and get their house in order. Right. To they be definitely got to be prepared. Gotta have to have their house in order. Well, you know, as you stated. A lot of businesses that hadn't been in business a long t- time, less than two years, they may have a tradition of, say, just using chef as an example. Of that mother was a cook, father was a chef at Hyatt Regency, and so on and on. Now they may be a millennial and decide they're going to take it a step up. 
They're going to start their own business because they was in corporate America or whatever, and they was making 100000 a year. Now they want to pump it into their business. And their, their strong point is cooking, but they don't understand how to look at demographics, to, to decide where they should be so located. You're, you're keying me up to tell me they're going to put their restaurant in the wrong place and serve the wrong menu at and, the wrong, so, the wrong days of the week. Is and, that what's going to happen and, to them? And when they, have a pro, when they project their success, it's going to be based on their optimistic behavior, not on <laughs> facts. Because what happens is, you know, they'll take $100,000, put it into the business, say, well, you know, this is going to – it's going to last me about a year. And when they find out that the customer's not coming because that medium on the roadway or because uh, there's no advertisement, let, let's face it, you can have the best barbecue in the world, but if nobody knows you exist, you might as well close your doors. Well, I'm, listening, so, I'm looking for the smell on that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Get me yeah. down the street to the right spot. So in, in here in Atlanta, and you mentioned you seek alternative investors as well as alternative investments. So you're helping the people who – Understand, as opposed uh-huh. to what that, that, that B word you mentioned earlier, the banker, right. it doesn't have the latitude to understand what the needs of the true clients are. So how do, you, how, do you, how do you bridge that gap, and how do you help your investors feel like it's the best thing they can do to be participating in the community? Well, well, well first of all, we, can help. We, we, we try to be a one-stop shop as it relates to financing and funding. Uh, just Let's use the bank as an example. As I stated, banks... You know, if you got an 800 credit score, you go to the bank, you've been in business six months, they won't give you the time of day. You got an 800 credit score and you come to us and you've been in business six months, we can give you bank rates. Mm -hmm. That's the advantage. Um, Another thing is, uh, let's say the the president of a community bank, his buddy, uh, him and his golf buddy, his golf buddy owns a business of his own. He come up to the bank and said, hey, Harold, I need to borrow a million dollars. Well, Harold looks at his, his uh, uh, Dun & Bradstreet, he don't really have none. He look at his credit score, he's devastated because he went through a, a bad divorce. <laughs> and then uh, uh, Harold would say, well, I tell you what, give a friend of mine's name Florida call, see if he could help you. <laughs> so, so we get a lot of referrals from the bank because what right. happens is he's not going to, you know, the, him as a bank, he want to help his golf buddy. But because the banks are heavily regulated, he can't right. do certain things that a private investor can now, do. Now, Floyd, I'm going to make one other additional point to that because I've been on that referral. That banker really wants to deposit back. So you're not in a deposit gathering function. You're, you're not in daily transaction function. You're in a keeping people in business function. So, Floyd, how do people get in touch with you out there in the marketplace? Because it sounds like there's some folks out there on the airways are going to be calling you. Well, simply what they could do, they could go to our website, which is uh, – www.alternativecapitalus.com, or they can simply, and they can go there and, and, and actually list talk, the concerns or questions. They can actually go online and questions, or they could just call us at, or call me directly, and it'll be liaison to an appropriate rep in that area right. because we provide funding throughout the United States, Canada, and U.S. territory, that being American Samoa. Guam, U.S. Port, uh, U.S. Virgin Island, and Puerto Rico. So they could actually call me at 404-326-7111. So if they forget all those ones, uh, shame on them. That's right. 
So, Rich, it sounds like we can do our business in American Samoa, which we were talking about earlier, and we could use this guy for the funding. Do you think they have a radio there? We could do this uh, every day on the on the beaches? Sounds good to me. Before, I'm, I'm, I'm in. I'm all being, in. I appreciate you being with us, and certainly providing alternative finance, and you may know I'm, I participate in the entrepreneurial space, and it's always difficult for those less than six months, less than 18 months, less than 24 and a half months with a business track record and the right credentials in the background. So I'm sure you're going to get a lot of calls on that process. And the, and the biggest point is we'll – We'll lend money anywhere from ten thousand dollar minimum up to thirty million dollars, and that's inclusive of bridge loan. We even do fix and flips. We do commercial real estate loans, and so forth and so on. Well, that's a lot of commons and zeros. We really appreciate you being with us, today. and thank you for your participation in Hundred Black Men here in Atlanta, because I know you're adding a lot of value to the community. Yeah. So, Bridge, back to you. You get the honor of just bringing us on home here. Yeah, we have our anchor man to introduce uh, next. Yeah, it's going to take us home. So, uh, Sean Mahoney is joining us in the studio. You heard a little bit uh, earlier. Um, two stories I want to uh, try to capture from you if we can. Uh, we want to jump into your, your business model with uh, Rockhopper Tech. I'm really intrigued by your 25 years of growing your software um, and the workflow and the back-end operations. I'm a big systems operations guy, so I'm really intrigued about this. Sure. But your personal story is almost kind of overshadows potentially, right? I mean, it's phenomenal. Not only went to your website, but in your bio, um, we talk about at one point you tipped the scale at over 325 pounds. That's right. Right. I mean, that's, that's right. That's, it's it's mind blowing, right? To imagine that. Uh, I mean, I lost twenty two pounds. I thought I was pretty excited or whatever. <laughs> but you're talking a hundred over one hundred and forty some odd pounds, right? Right. Uh, in addition to that, you're uh, an author. Uh, you're Vistage member, a member, uh, avid cyclist, uh, avid, uh, active triathlete. Um, dang, I feel like a slacker when I'm talking to this guy. Right? <laughs> I, like I haven't done anything. I do ride my bike quite a bit more now, just but not um, just getting from point A to point B, Starbucks and what have you. But um, so, talk to us about that that story before we jump into business. Um, uh, so you uh, heard well, someone speak, right? Yeah, it, it actually ties together. I'm being in the software business for 29 years, almost 30 years. You know, in our business, if you do a lot of sitting. Yep. And sitting and eating, and before you know it, you're overweight, you're out of shape. And that kind of, you know, that lifestyle was my lifestyle for almost 20 years. So that was something that I, I finally got to the point where I said I had enough. And uh, to your point, I heard a speaker in the Vistage Network, yeah. which is a CEO network, right. about 12 years ago. And his name is Dean Rawson, and he's a co-founder of Fit to Win Wellness. Okay. And Dean talked to me about the holistic approach to staying healthy. You know, they've got all these, you know, lose weight uh, diets. Plans, yeah. You know, know, quick, you know, weight loss. take this pill. Right, right, right. Well, you know, the reality is if you want it off and you want it, you want to be healthy and you want it off for a long period of time, they're just the the basic habits. And, you know, it's it. Uh, for most people, I don't think they understand how much uh, nutrition trumps exercise. Um, you need both, and right, you right. need sleep as well. Right. But for me, it was the nutrition side. Now, I'm working on a model that uh, is going to allow people to uh, implement all three at the same time. So you can eat while you're sleeping and exercise while you're sleeping. I love yeah. it. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> stay stay, stay <laughs> tuned. Yeah, stay tuned for talk. that one. Yeah, now you can talk about money, yeah. So um, uh, I know a couple of years ago, I uh, uh, as 
not eliminated sugar in your diet because you can't get rid of it, right? But I'm just obsessed with everything I look at. I just look at the sugar content because I would look at uh, programs where there's 27 moving parts. It's too complicated, right? So when I pick up two products, I just look at the sugar content. This has, you know, 19 grams and this has five. I just go with the five. And just from that one thing, lost 20 some odd pounds. But I need to incorporate the exercise and, and rest. But um, so talk to us about uh, your book. Yeah, you know, I went through the journey of weight loss seven years ago, and at that point in time, I knew that keeping the weight off was going to be harder than losing the weight. Yeah, yeah. And I've heard so many horror stories like we all have about people that lost, you know, lots of weight, and then they gain all of it back plus, and I didn't want to be that statistic. And um, so I, I lost the weight based on habits nutrition habits right. sleep habits exercise habits of course sugar being a big part of that as well yeah, yeah. from the nu- nutrition side but i kept having people ask me over and over and over how did right, you right. how'd you how'd you do it how'd you do it what's right, yeah. the secret sauce what, yeah. what'd you do so i came up i just gave you guys this uh, bullet list of yeah. things that i did from a mental perspective which is a, a huge huge yeah. part of it um the psychological perspective and the nutritional bullet line items that I did, as well as the exercise in order to not just lose the weight, but keep the weight off. And I was, um, and so many people asked me how I did it. I just incorporated my story into a book. Sure, and I, yeah. And I self-published, <laughs> and it's out on Amazon. Yeah, nice. It's How I Lost Myself. Yeah. It's the name of the book. <laughs> yeah, that was a great title. Uh, and the last thing you're talking about, sitting, um, um, I heard somebody at an event a long time ago say, just Google these words, sitting too long. Not even a website, but it's just, it's scary all the, the, or, the way your organs compress and so forth mm-hmm. and dysfunctional. So right behind me, we, I have just this pop-up uh, stand-up desk. Yeah, I love it. I and, saw it. Oh, it's, it's huge. I mean, it changes your whole dynamic, um, your, uh, your workflow, your, your mental flow and so forth. If you ever think about when you take a phone call, what do you typically do? You stand up. Right, it's just kind of natural because you just think a lot cl- clearer and crisper. So, uh, before we run out of time, let's let's, let's uh, switch gears real quick into Rockhopper. Talk to us about that. Yeah, Rockhopper uh, Tech is my software development company, yeah, yeah. and we focus on workflow automation. So, behind the scenes software to run companies, uh, inventory, uh, project management, time tracking, tying accounting systems into CRMs, it, um, making all this disjointed software talk to each other wow and that was kind of a um the the passion of getting into fit to win wellness because that's a software application right it's a virtual uh challenge uh wellness software that that has content uh, for uh, information right holistic information on how to how to eat but that that stemmed from my passion of software, right? Yeah, because yeah, I saw that on the website is you can pick different levels of uh, of integration or um, involvement as a, as a, as the consumer, right? That's right. And and what our our difference is compared to the other guys, every everyone's got a Fitbit. Everyone has a some type of physical tracking device. Yeah. You mentioned the stand up desk. You know, your your Garmin watch will tell you when to stand up because you've sat too long, but very seldom do people engage in nutritional challenges or know how to do that. Right, yeah. Our software incorporates that as part of a gamification. Yeah. So, so you can, if you want to eat more vegetables, you want to reduce sugar, you want to have, uh, you know, more proteins. There are challenges inside of our system, along with exercise challenges, to be well-rounded wellness all altogether. Yeah, I, saw, I, I didn't get a chance to, to scroll, but I, I noticed that on the tab, the gamification, and that's like a hot trending. It uh, is right. It is uh, well. You know, everyone loves to have a little oh, bit yeah. of competition. Well, it, 
Yeah, um, and if you can do both. So is there, besides the Fit model and what you're currently doing with that website, um, are there other business? Well, obviously there are. But can you um, explain some other business models? Like, I'm even thinking in, in our case, how would we implement a gamification or... Um, you know, systems, or if you have other companies you can talk about where they've... Yeah, you know, g- gamification is huge. Um, you know, us, us boomers, or I'm a boomer, um, yeah. you know, it's it's not as, I don't think it's as prevalent, but the millennials are eating it up because they were they were raised on, uh, you know, games on phones <laughs> and mobile games. devices that, that, hey, I get kudos points for doing this. Right, yeah. I, you know, I play Xbox, I get these points. And that's what our software incorporates into it. And they're... It, this is nothing new, and right. it can be applied by to any business model. Uh, I think the the learning, the e learning right. uh, business is, you know, heavy into gamification. Yeah. You want to teach people uh, more on a topic, give them tests, give them points for for or kudos points for tracking, uh, you know, what how they're doing on tests and how engaged they are in surveys, questions, things of that nature. So, it it really can be applied to any business model. Um, I mean, we, we may have to talk off air, but I'm just thinking like uh, our guest experience, like we want after they have their guest experience, uh, we're syndicated on now 16 some odd platforms, right? Most people are not aware of. So we're on uh, not only iTunes and Google Play, we're on iHeartRadio, we're on um, uh, six, you know, uh, video platforms and so forth. So I was thinking about follow up and having them. Uh, monitor the other platforms that they even push it out on the social media. If they push it out on certain platforms, uh, we give them some type of rewards. Or, sure, right? Sure. I mean, and that would be something that you could incorporate into that. What, what do the rewards roll up to? Uh, a lot of times, uh, people just want to be the leader. Be yeah, just the, acknowledge, right? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. But but we work with HR companies to actually have physical prizes too, and that right. that engages them even more. Sure. So, and, and the other thing is is that we we're team based as well as individual. So there may be a accounting department. You know, battling against the sales <laughs> right, department. Right, exactly. That never happens. Yeah, no, you know, and that friendly banter is awesome because you can you can go. All right, come on, accounting yeah. team, we're beating up on the sales guys. Let's, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, let's let's bring it up a notch. So it's team uh, challenges as well as individual. Yeah, because you think about that, fitness is more kind of uh, your your own. Um, accountability person, right? But right. when you when you look at an organization, now you can incorporate these other accountability partners. Um, I, accountability is huge, and and it's uh, as we know, human psychology. It's not always tied into money as a reward. It is really because even think about those old video games. What was the one? Um, Pac Man. Pac Man, <laughs> and and you would be able to put your initials, right? I mean, I think we're all Gen X or yeah. baby boomers, right? You'll put your initials on there, and that was like right. That was the huge. Fame. They, they knew yeah. you at the bowling alley, right, Rich? <laughs> right, exactly. <yeah. laughs> exactly. Well, you know, this is interesting. When I uh, decided to lose the weight seven and a half years ago, I posted out on Facebook to 700 friends wow. that I was going to lose the weight and I wanted them to keep me accountable. And Ruh-roh. I was going to check in yeah. every Monday. And I tell you, the pressure of accountability oh. uh, was, was awesome because it kept me on track. So accountability is huge. When you just opened up another, um, uh, you know, Pandora's box of can this apply the gamification amongst your social media platforms in terms of oh, right? absolutely, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I leverage that huge, and I still do to this day. Uh, it, it, human psychology accountability is a is a center focus of wellness of keeping on track well, and you talk about hr most companies think um that it's rewarding the employees in a in a uh, in a monetary bonus but uh studies have been proven for years that people are more motivated by other 
components, not just that, right? Exclusively. Absolutely. And if you go to our website, uh, FIT, that's F-I-T, the number two, W-I-N, wellness.com, you can see we have posted statistics on how an employee engages at a much higher level, has much more energy, and and there there are statistics that show that uh, in, in addition to their personal well-being, that their contribution as an employee goes you know, up significantly. You answered my next question: How people find you online? So, but um, but we've been kicking around the idea of a, a corporate wellness a show just on. I mean, we could spend uh, endless episodes just on that topic, right? Of corporate wellness. So, um, yeah, I, I think that the I know for a fact that the reactive wellness, the big pharma, the right. hospitals, everything else is, is saturated. Yeah, yeah. The the proactive. Uh, Wellness is is the is the big trend, of yeah, course, yeah. and uh, that's that's where we are, and that's what we wanted. We that ounce of prevention is where we're sitting. All right, and um, we are officially out of time here, so um, that's that's the best way to to find reach out to you online or what other contact yeah, information. Uh, you can either uh, go to our website, which I said was fit f i t the number two win w i n wellness dot com or my email directly is sean s h a w n at fit to win wellness dot com please reach out to me i'd love to hear from you all right so um we're out of time thanks gentlemen for being here on another episode of georgia business radio we'll see you on the next show thank you again for joining rich casanova and our guests on the pro business channel Use the social media links here to share today's show and stay tuned for the next episode of Georgia Business Radio.